0: This is John Halsman, and welcome to our latest edition of Around the World in 20 Minutes, uh, the special Ukrainian crisis editions. This is part six, when we try to make sense of what's going on in Ukraine and what it means for the wider world. And part six is entitled The Outlines of a Peace Deal, because two major bits of news have happened. Uh, One relates to an assessment we made over the weekend that the Russians were indeed changing tack that rather than trying to take the whole of the country at the moment, they are going to concentrate on the eastern portion of the country. And our political risk call was on the money, because in the interim, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shogu said that Moscow's main goal in Ukraine now would be the liberation, as they put it, of the Donbass region, of the two Russian-speaking provinces of Luhansk and Donetsk. The Russians already control about 90% of Luhansk and about 50% of Donetsk, and they want to finish clearing this area um, and dominate it, have it be dominated by Russian troops. Uh, but this is a real switching of its major war aims to much more limited objectives. And one, there are limited objectives based on the fighting and the Russian mistakes that we've talked about in detail, and the heroic fighting of the Ukrainians, which we've also discussed in detail, as well as the West, very quickly, to everyone's surprise, and very effectively getting on side, helping the Ukrainians deal with Russian adventurism. For all these reasons, the Russians have changed tack and now have limited war aims. Basically, it seems their war aim is to secure the Donbass to Russian-speaking east provinces, and to have some sort of corridor link up between them and Crimea, which Russia also controls. And that is a limited aim. Because of these limited aims, you can begin to talk about a peace deal. Because if the one side doesn't want the eradication of the other, there's the basis for dealing. And there has been some movement here. Um, talks have gone on between the two sides in Istanbul and Turkey under the auspices of, Prime, of President Erdogan there. Um, and they're similar to the, the uh, proposal that Wes Mitchell and I have been pitching about an armed neutrality. Um, On the one hand, Ukraine has said that it's given up hopes of joining NATO. President Zelensky has already made this clear. He said that they will note to a series of Russian television stations that Ukraine uh, will no longer push to join NATO. Ukraine would be given security guarantees, probably by the permanent five members of the UN Security Council, which would be the United States, Russia, China, France and Britain, which would guarantee its territory if it were to be attacked again. Uh, the Zelensky regime would stay in power. Uh, the Russians are no longer talking about what they call horrendously denazifying nazifying uh, Ukraine, but in practice, that meant getting rid of Zelensky and putting in a puppet of their own. And they, Putin is even fairly relaxed about Ukraine joining the EU if it decides not to join NATO. Um, The outstanding problems would be Crimea and the Donbass, particularly the Donbass. Uh, In that Crimea, there's a cooling off period of 15 years, which isn't cooling off so much as a coma. And in 15 years with the Russians already possessing Crimea, that they would talk about this diplomatically, but not much would happen. That conflict is and would remain frozen, but that would not be a deal breaker The basic deal breaker would remain differences over the Donbass at the moment. Um, But this, uh, this is a major change and a major change in direction. Also, the Russian deputy defense minister has said that Russia would drastically scale back in the near term its operations in Kiev and Chernihiv, the second biggest city in Ukraine. It's located in the east of the country. Uh, as a sign of to build mutual trust. Now, this isn't true, but again, it goes back to this change in military operation. Uh, Russia failed in trying to focus a three-pronged attack on Ukraine. So now it's going to have a simple one-pronged attack next to where Russia can resupply this one-pronged attack. And to do this, it's going to have to shift troops away from Chernihiv and away from Kiev while trying to keep some troops there to keep the area tied down, but it's going to move many of these troops back to the east, to the Donbas so that they can fight there. So this makes perfect sense, and the Russians can get credit for somehow showing this is a good-faith gesture at the peace table, when really it's not. It's a military maneuver that makes perfect sense for this one-pronged new offensive. But in the near future, this would mean that there would be less fighting. It would drastically die down over Kiev and Chernihiv. Um, as the conflict became more localized and as the Russian war goals became less messianic and more based on simply taking territory and carving out a land corridor between securing the Donbass, Crimea, and the southern land corridor, which it already controls. Hence the ongoing brutal bombardment of Mariupol, uh, which is becoming quickly the Guernica, the symbol of uh, barbarism. Um, But that's why this is ongoing, to build this land bridge between the Donbass and Crimea, which seems to be now what the Russians are aiming for. Zelensky confirmed, beyond not joining NATO, that the the Ukrainians are willing to enshrine a commitment not to join NATO into wording in its constitution. There would have to be some sort of referenda um, about these changes, but that they would put this in its constitution, and also that he would commit to not having foreign troops on his territory. So there is the basis to a deal here. There is the outline to a peace deal, but this outline has been facilitated by uh, Ukrainian victories on the battlefield, and we have a ways to go here because the one issue that still absolutely sticks in the craw of both sides and and does not enable a deal to take place is the ongoing offensive in the Donbass, and there will be no deal until the Donbass is sorted, and it will be sorted on the field of battle with the treaties drawn up afterwards to codify whatever happens there. This isn't to say the Russians have entirely ruled out opting to take more of Ukraine than they have at present. They are regrouping. As they've said, they are localizing the conflict in the east. The three-pronged assault is giving way to a far more simple one-pronged assault, which can easily be resupplied by Rostov-on-Don, which is a major Russian city, port city not far away. And so this is not necessarily over, but it is a localization of the process. The blitzkrieg, as we've said, has failed, and the Russians are regrouping and trying to, at a minimum, take control, full control of both Luhansk and Donetsk, the Donbass, the Russian-speaking provinces in the east, build some sort of land corridor to link them to Crimea. And then see where they are after that. If this happens easily, uh, the Russians may be tempted to have a pincer movement and cut off the Ukrainian troops fighting in the Donbass. These are the best trained Ukrainian troops, which have had significant Western, British and American NATO training. And a pincer movement to cut them off might lead to the Russians upping their goals and going back to trying to retake Kiev. But on the other hand, if this bogs down into some sort of stalemate, if the Russians don't get anywhere... Then there is the outlines of a peace deal, because in, in now opting for non-messianic military goals, the outline of a deal could be done, where Crimea remains frozen, which in practice means in the hands of the Russians. Russia also gets Zelensky, Zelensky's promise to write into the Constitution a codification that it will not seek to join NATO, and that basically a ceasefire would leave things where they were on the battlefield. And in return, the Russians would not push for regime change. The Zelensky government could remain in power. Uh, There would be some sort of security guarantee, which is an interesting point, because in essence, Ukraine would get what it's always wanted, a Western security guarantee of its borders. That's as close to a NATO Article 5 commitment as is likely to happen. And Ukraine would de facto get this as part of the prize for its heroic defense. A permanent grouping of the permanent five members of the U.N. Security Council to guarantee Ukraine's borders is de facto a security guarantee from the United States, the British and the French, uh, leave out the Russians and the Chinese there. And that's something that those Western powers would have to think long and hard about, because in essence, you're giving uh, an Article Five guarantee to Ukraine through the back door. Um, and that is something that we should now pause and really, really think about. Are we prepared to do that? My guess is that we are, given all that's gone on, and that, that that is the great prize that Ukraine will get from this. The other prize, the Russians won't be bothered if Zelensky remains in power and is aren't even bothered if somewhere down the line uh, Ukraine decides to join the EU. That seems all right as well. But the, the outstanding issue remains the Donbass. So just as war has limited the Russian goals and brought them to the table where the outlines to this peace deal, which is very similar to the armed neutrality notion of Wes Mitchell, my, my good friend and colleague that I've been pushing, the outline of the deal seems very similar to this, with the Donbass, though, being the sticking point. And that means that although there is a hopeful outline to a deal Don't expect a deal to be done in the near term because both sides still think they can win. And one of the rules of fighting is that when both sides still think they can win or gain territory, they are unlikely to do a peace deal. And at the moment, both sides think they can do better in the Donbass. So there will be more fighting in the Donbass, even if it dies down in the rest of the country. It won't go away. It'll percolate. It'll bubble along. But there, there will be limited fighting in the rest of the country as the Russians simplify their battle plans, limit their battle plans, localize their battle plans. And from this, they will attempt to take this territory and the Ukrainians will attempt to defend it and, and indeed push back in Luhansk. While this is going on, though, there is this outline to a deal. And if they keep talking and if the West decides it can guarantee Ukraine, Ukraine's borders, once this is all done, once the Donbass is played out militarily one way or the other, there is the basis to a deal being done. And in the midst of all this carnage and horror, that is good news, that in the medium run, there seems to be the outline to a deal. The fighting has made this possible, but ironically, the fighting will continue and make deal, an imminent deal not possible. But the outline to a deal, for the first time, seems to be there. And that's the best news we've had on Ukraine in quite a while. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed our update of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, part six, the outlines of a peace deal, bringing you up to date. Please do subscribe. Again, we've been overwhelmed with subscriptions. Thank you. We've doubled our subscription size of our little local paper to the world in just the last month. And the Ukrainian emergency podcasts have proven particularly popular. But do remember our regular book serializations, our culture section just yesterday. We started our long look at Alfred Hitchcock's doing it by decade. We started in the 1930s. J.L. Ryder covers the society for us. Publius covers the politics for us. I cover the culture and the foreign policy. And this has become and morphed into a, to my great joy, a little local paper to the world. But for that, we have to have you give $70 a year, $7 a month, just the price of my ha- an espresso. A month, And if you think I'm worth an espresso a month, along with my partners in crime here running the newspaper, please do give that $70 so we can keep doing the emergency podcasts and all the normal things we do to give you this first rate journalism unfettered by edit- editorial control and linking you directly to our community. Please do give and on we go.